You're listening to episode 138 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today's topic is consulting with the Lord, based on Joshua chapter 9. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I have a background in theology and a love for travel. Having visited nine different countries and served in five congregations, I wanted to create an environment that discusses and encourages the overlap of my two favorite things, the Lord and travel. And if you have a passion for these things, or wanting to learn how God is such an integral part of our daily adventures, then you've come to the right place. Today's topic is Consulting with the Lord based on Joshua chapter 9. One of the things that I find so tempting is to take my travel plans and ideas into my own hands and start acting right away without ever consulting the Lord. I mean, when I get an idea in my head, I just go and I go full force. I have that creative passion and drive. And when things don't go my way, it is so easy to become aggravated and frustrated with the Lord. But I know that the Lord would love it if I would consult with him before driving headlong into my next crazy idea and if I would actually bring him into the conversation. Maybe he would reaffirm me in what I was planning already or maybe he actually has something better in store, something that might not burn me out as fast or caused me to be so wary of the future. But when we look at Joshua chapter 9, we find ourselves in an interesting spot where the Israelites did not consult the Lord. They acted from their own wisdom and their own strength. And we're going to use that as a stepping stone to reflect on some of our own faults and weaknesses, but also to learn and hopefully make some wiser decisions than the Israelites. Before we dive into that, I want to recap what we've been talking about over the past several weeks. We've been looking at points in scripture when God uses the word journey. We started back with Abraham and his son Isaac, and we have progressed through scripture to Moses leading the people out of Egypt and to the promised land. And now we find Joshua, who is leading the Israelites. They've gone and they have conquered the promised land. They marched around it for seven days and the bricks came tumbling down. The the Lord instructed them that in this land of Canaan that they are to kill all of the residents, destroy all of the fake idols, so that... They are not tempted to go astray. But the Lord had warned them a consequence of not obeying this would be that these people, any people left, would be a thorn in their side. That they would, that they would cause them to fall and um, the Israelites to fall and for them to eventually turn away from the Lord 
And the Lord had a long list of consequences of that that we talked about in last week's episode, specifically in Deuteronomy chapter 28. But today we're in Joshua 9, and to set set the stage, the Israelites have conquered Jericho, and this town that every time I look at it, I say AI because that's how it's spelled, Um, but it was not the town of artificial intelligence. It was, I I don't know how to really pronounce it, Um, and now they're continuing on their way, and the Gibeonites find out that they're coming. And so they are terrified. They don't want to lose their lives. They recognize that the Lord of the Israelites is powerful, but they are cunning too. So they decide to to take this plan. They don't want to be killed and destroyed. They want to make a covenant between the Israelites under false pretenses. So they decide to take their most worn-out clothing, sandals with holes in their shoes, clothing that is threadbare, and wine sacks. This is such a like a, a specific detail, but wine sacks that have burst. You've heard the scripture saying in the New Testament about the difference between old and new wine sacks and how they stretch and wear out over time in different ways. And if put together, if you combined new wine sack with old wine sack, it just wouldn't work out. Well, these are old wine sacks that have burst and they take bread with them that is crumbly and incredibly dry. And they head out for a three days journey to go confront the Israelites. And They tell them that, you know, when we left home, this bread was warm. Look at our wine sacks. They've burst. Like, we've been traveling for a really long time, and we've heard of the magical powers of the Lord. Now, do they really believe in God as the Israelites do? I'm going to say no, but either way, they knew that, like, dropping a name was going to get them some credibility. and. The questions that the Israelites ask were very specific. It was all about where are you from and like how close are you to here. It was all geared towards the fact that the Lord had them under covenant say that they're not going to let any of the Canaanites live. So they're trying to figure that piece out. Where are you actually from? Are you actually one of our neighbors? And the Gibbonites do a really good job of dancing around these questions. And so the elders, using their own wisdom, seeing these wineskins burst, this bread that's dry, these worn-out clothing, determined that they did travel from a really far distance. And so, without consulting the Lord, they proceed and they make a covenant with the Gibeonites and say that they will not harm them. But through other means, whether it's spies who came back who had been, like, looking around the area or through the Israelites' ongoing journey, they find out that the Gibeonites were lying to them. They are actually the Israelites' neighbors and that they actually were supposed to be murdered, Uh, that the Lord had put them on this land. And 
man, it causes grumblings among the Israelites. One, in part, they don't get the prosperities of the Gibeonites. They don't get to claim the gold and silver or whatever, you know, the livestock. They don't get to claim any of it. But the other is probably a grumbling that the Lord made it really clear, like, all of, a, of like, a month ago, that when we set out, like, we're supposed to to free the land of these sinners. And now we just made a promise to them on the Lord's name that we won't kill them. And part of this promise, um, as we talked about in last week's episode, is when you make a covenant with someone, you list out the blessings and the consequences. And one of the consequences was that if they broke this covenant, there was going to be um, some bad things that would rain down on Israel. So instead, the Gibeonites are now turned into slaves. They're going to be the ones to cut down lumber and pull stone and help the Israelites build the temple. And when asked why they did it, the Gibeonites say, well, we obviously we didn't want to die. And um, it'd be better to be a slave and alive than, you know, off with our heads. But... That means that these people will be living among the Israelites and that they will bring their false idols and things into the people. And ultimately, the Israelites are already falling short of the expectations of the Lord. And we fall short every single day. We we do not consult the Lord about everything that's going on in our lives. And I know everything seems like a lot because it is, but everything is under God's hand, which is a lot. And he's watching over everything. So, therefore, we should be involving him in conversation. We should be consulting with him so that we don't end up tricked by the sinful people and the sinful things around us. And it takes a practice to learn to hear his voice. It takes time being in his word. It takes time observing the things around us to begin to see, oh, you know, it, it's popped up in certain ways. It's popped up through the, this idea or this thoughts popped up with some Christian friends. It's It's been reassured through scripture. It's been reassured through something that pastor said. And now I feel like this is for sure a thing of the Lord. We don't have the Lord speaking to us through a prophet directly right now. It's not like Moses or, or Joshua is walking among us. But that doesn't mean that he's not still speaking, and it doesn't mean that we should act without consulting him. There were some significant uh, consequences for the Israelites not consulting the Lord um, to find out that the Gibeonites were their neighbors. They will become a thorn in their side and an issue to the end. And us consulting the Lord or failing to do so, can have some of those same blessings and consequences. We know that when we fail to consult the Lord, there is forgiveness. When we find ourselves, like I do, getting so excited about a trip or a project or whatever, and we get to the end of the line and find out that really wasn't what the Lord intended, or I'm running into frustration and anger and I remember oh I should have consulted the Lord first he will still listen he will still answer yes no maybe and he will still give ear to my concern and act on my behalf in the best way whether I know it or not 
the best way for us. So we can take some comfort in that. And if your travels have led you to some of those places, take comfort in that, but also strive forward to continue to bring the Lord into your travels and to consult him before, during, and after. For the Lord has much to say and much assistance to offer. Would you pray with me? Dear Lord, thank you for these Christian travelers. Thank you for listening to them and guiding them each step of the way. Lord, please make the Holy Spirit stir within us this need to consult you, this desire for your input. For you know far greater than we do. You can see through time and through space and you know what is best for us and when we get in our heads and look to our own wisdom we can overlook the truest form of wisdom and that is you you have truth you are wisdom and you are love and those things um those sins that can tear us down and tear us apart are not a part of you so lord Pour your wisdom and your truth and your love upon us and show us your true direction. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, Christian travelers, I do have a closing thought and question, but before I do, I have a super exciting announcement. Head to christiantravelers.net and register right now for our upcoming Christian Traveler virtual event. The topic is how God is using your travel story. This event is focused around a community, around the opportunity to connect with other Christian travelers, and you will get to meet people from all around the globe. We'll have an hour for just virtually meeting each other um, and exchanging contact info. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of you end up planning trips to visit each other soon. We also have four amazing speakers who are going to be talking about different parts of our travel story and how God's using that, how he is putting characters or people into your life, how he has used Bible stories to teach us and how our travel stories can be a faith legacy unto others, how we can share our story on social media, and so much more. Um, So head to our website, christiantravelers.net, to register. It's free, but if for some reason, like, you can't attend in person that day, or if you want to have longer access to be able to re-watch those videos, um, you can pay $10 to have a all access pass or replay pass that will allow you to see it long into the future. So head there, christiantravelers.net to register now. We are so pumped and excited for you to be there and make sure to be inviting your friends. We want this to be a huge event with people from all around the world. Um, Again, our website has more details and information there. Um, But my closing thought and question is this. Do you think through your promises? Sometimes we are so quick to make promises like the Israelites, to promise the Gibeonites, and we don't think through the consequence of that action. Swearing on the Lord's name, making promises on his behalf, can be so harmful for us. And sometimes we don't recognize that we're making promises we can't keep. 
And our world throws around promises, promises like they mean something, but then their actions often reflect that they that to that person those promises don't. But the Lord has kept every single one of his promises. The only promise that he has left um, is to return, to come back. And we do not know the day, the hour, the minute, or the second that that will happen. It could be in the next five minutes. It could be within the next year. Or it could be within the next decade, century, millennial. We don't know. But in the waiting, how we use our promises and our words does matter. And we should take a record from the Lord's book that promises are meant to be kept. And sometimes we make promises that end up hurting us more than helping us, like the Israelites did. Um, And the consequence of their action was if they turned against the Gibeonites, then there would be harm upon them. So be careful with your words. Reflect on the promises that you make and ponder how the Lord keeps his and how in so doing we should also keep ours. As you think about this, I encourage you to share your thoughts with a friend, send me a message, or just get it down on paper. Either way, get it out of your head and onto the page because the Lord is teaching us lessons each and every day. And sometimes that means making it more permanent, making it something we can see or hear or discuss. Thank you so much for listening today. And until next time, safe travels and God bless.